الحمد للہ وقفن وسلام علی عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يوم لا ينفع مال ولا بنون الا من اتى الله بقلب سليم سبحان ربك رب العزه اما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى في القران يوم remember that day prepare for that day live every moment of your life live every day of your life for the sake of that day la yanfa'u mal that none of your wealth your property your possessions nothing you own and have will be of any benefit to you on that day wala banun your sons your children none of your worldly relations none of the people you know the dunya will be of benefit to you on that day illa man atallahu biqalbin salim the only successful person on that day the only happy person on that day the only blessed person on that day will be that person who brings to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a qalbun salim a pure heart a heart that either was kept pure through taqwa or it was made pure through tawba and tazkiyah there is no other hope for that day this is allah taala's mercy that he told us the one thing This is an exam and Allah Ta'ala gave us the one right answer. Bring to me Kalbun Salim. Hmm? If a professor today gives the students the answers out before the exam, students will say it's such an easy exam. We already know the answer and we already know the question. And we just have to show up on that day and bring the answer to the question. Exactly that's what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala did for us in the Quran. We know the exam and Allah Ta'ala told us the answer. But this is a very difficult answer. Allahu Akbar Kameera. Hmm? very difficult answer he said urdun jisne is kalb kalb islim hasil karne ki mehnat ki na ye jisne kalb ko banaya usko pata hai wo pata pata hai that person who tried to get kalban salim or that sheikh who tried to make the student have kalban salim they know how difficult it is to make this answer but allah has put some baraka allah has put some ease there is hope there is great hope there is great hope One hope we can simply take from one verse of Quran. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها Allah Ta'ala will not burden a person beyond their ability. So that means every one of us has the ability, no matter what we may have done up till now, every one of us has the ability to get this Qalban Salim, to come to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala with this pure heart. First we must understand what is this Qalb itself. So understand inside us, other than our body, Allah Ta'ala has put three things. One is called our aqam, second is called our nafs, and third is called our qalb. Aqal is the part of us that thinks. Khyalat, afkar, always thinking. All thoughts are processed by our aqam. Nafs is the part of us that has desires. Sometimes people call it ego, sometimes people call it the carnal self. It's nafs. Nafs is nafs. Hmm? It has desires, khayshat, it can have lustful desires greed it has many desires and third part of us is called our qalb qalb is the heart of our ruh one is the heart of our body that's the physical heart the cardiologist looks at that that is no value 
This is the heart of our ruh. You can call it our spiritual heart. Just like our whole ruh is inside our whole body, the heart of the ruh, qalb, is inside the heart of the body. Is inside the heart of the body. Now what happens in the qalb? The qalb is the seat of emotions. The qalb is the seat of our emotions and our feelings. Now Allah subhanahu wa has made these three things. Now a human being has a choice what they choose to make the imam of their life. There are some people who make the aql the imam of their life. They're always searching for some ideology, some philosophy, some brilliant, interesting idea. Aql is the imam of their life. Whatever they think they do it, whatever they think they believe, if you try to talk to them about deen, you have to give them aql <laughs> You have to give them aql dalil. If you can put it in their mind, they're saying, okay, I can accept it with my heart. So they made the aql the imam of their life. This is very dangerous. This is one of the ways people went astray in history. Even the most noblest and well-intentioned philosopher, ultimately they made the aql the imam of their life. And some Muslims have fallen to this problem as well. You may call them reformist, you may call them modernist, you may call them secularist. It's always going to end with some ist. They have made aql the imam of their life. Now understand in our deen, what is the value of aql? Aql is like eyes. Aql is like eyesight. It's a talent given by Allah a way of perceiving. However, no matter how sharp a person's eyesight is, no matter how good their vision is, they will not be able to see anything unless there is light. Whether that is sunlight or that is tube light. If there is no light, no matter how perfect their vision is, a person will not be able to see anything. Just like that, the aql is a faculty of perception, but it needs a nur, and that is called the nur of Qur'an, the nur of wahi, the nur of sunnah, the nur of nabuwa. If the aql does not have the nur of Qur'an and sunnah, it does not function in the light of Qur'an and sunnah, then that aql is blind. It is absolutely blind. It is useless. That's why Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an, لَهُمْ قُلُوبًا يَعْقِلُونَ بِهَا If only they had hearts, that they yaqilun, literally Arabic means they use their aql, they rationally understood by means of their heart. So the function of the kalb is also to understand. Because the kalb will understand in light of Quran and Sunnah. So some people they make aql the imam of their life, they will end up astray. This is one tafsir of those who are waladhalin. This is another way of going astray in this world. So when we make sort of recite Surah Fatiha in every rakan, every salah, whether ourselves or in niyabah of the imam, we are asking Allah Ta'ala, don't make us amongst the zalim. Now that's one fancy way of akal. There's another way, average person uses akal. They use their common sense. They think, I will do whatever appeals to me, whatever makes sense to me. This person also sometimes goes astray. They're always second-guessing their decisions. They're always unsure. They're always looking for different angles, analyzing things business-wise, life-wise. No. Akul is not meant to be the imam of our life. Second, there was another way that people chose, which is even worse. They made the nafs the imam of their life. Whatever the nafs wants, they do it. Whatever the nafs says, they do it. So we already shared that with you in Juma Salah today, Bayan and Juma today. That are you not amazed? Do you not gasp agape? Are you not astonished by that person who has taken hawa, 
the basic even whisperings of the nafs as their ilah, as their mabud, whatever the nafs says they do it. So they make the nafs the imam of their life. I'll give you an example. So I was born and raised in Manhattan. If you walk the streets of New York City on a Friday night or a Saturday night, you will see human beings who have made the nafs the imam of their life. Otherwise during the week, they were well dressed, they wore suit and tie, they go to, in their terms, they're well dressed, they wore suit and tie, they go to Wall Street, they earn, they're very professionals, they're managing massive corporations, and they're walking around Friday night and Saturday night drunk like animals. And they do it willingly, nobody forced them. They do it out of their own choice, their own volition. We'd be amazed. They've made the nafsa imam of their life. And the whole reason they earn all week is so they can sin on Friday night, sin Saturday night, and sin on the weekend. And if for some reason they aren't able to fulfill their sinful, lustful desires on the weekend, they show up on work Monday sad. They say, I didn't have a good weekend because this, this sin was unfulfilled. Allahu Akbar Kabira. They've made the nas the imam of their life. Let me tell you, they stay up so late. They, they're true ibad of this nas. If we were ibad of Allah Ta'ala, they were there ibad of their nas, we would become awliya. Yes? They're up so late Friday night that they got up at 7 a.m. They worked on Wall Street from 9 a.m. to the evening. And then they go to the party at night and they keep partying all the way till 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Such a long day. <laughs> Such himmat. Such istikamat. They spend money for the sake of this nafs. They undertake fatigue for the sake of this nafs. Hmm? Allah Akbar. They are true ibad of their nafs. Our Hazrat says, Ki Allah Ta'ala ke baad jitne puji nafs ke hoi na, isse or puja kisi cheez ke nahi. As much as the nafs has been worshipped, not any false idol, not any other false idea of God, the number one thing that has been worshipped after Allah Ta'ala has been the nafs. And we see it. And it's not just in America, it's not just in New York, this is all over the world now. I'm sure that's the case in certain areas of Johannesburg and Durban as well. Worshipping the nafs, they earn all week just to feed the pleasures of their nafs. Their whole life is for this. It's a tragedy. It's a human tragedy. That they don't, look what a blessing Hidayah is. Hmm? Otherwise we would have been the same. If Nabiya Kareem Sassam hadn't come, if Allah Ta'ala hadn't sent deen on us, we would have also, maybe many of us would have made the nafs the imam of our life. Allahu Akbar. So this is the second way. Second way of life. Incorrect way. And here again, some Muslims have also fallen into this problem. Some of our own ummah have made the nafs the imam of their life. When push comes to shove, if they have some desire, they go, they fulfill it. Masjid Nasafarqi has differences that they do so secretly. They do it on the sly. They do it surreptitiously. Hmm? But they still fulfill the desires of their nafs. Then there's a third way of life. This is the way of life Allah Ta'ala wants us to live. And that is to make the qalb the imam of our life. To make the spiritual heart the imam of our life. Spiritual heart with the feelings of iman. Feelings of love for Allah Ta'ala. Feelings of fear of Allah Ta'ala. Feeling of taqwa, shukr, sabr, all of the feelings. So Allah Ta'ala gave us perfect hidayah. He said, make the qalb the imam of your life, and then I send you Qur'an, and Qur'an will tell you what are the feelings you should have in your heart. I send you Sayyidina Rasulullah, his uswatun hasana. He will be a living example of how to feel those feelings. You make your heart feel those feelings, and you follow your heart. Allah Akbar. Such a beautiful way of life. Such a better way of life than following our akal or following our nafs. Hmm? 
And then Allah Ta'ala designed this naturally to make it easy for us. This deen is a deen of fitrah. What does that mean? Deen has been designed for insan and insan was designed for deen. It's a perfect match. Let me show you. Allah Ta'ala designed this in such a way that the akal and the nafs naturally follow the kalb. The akal and the nafs, it's natural, it's in their nature to follow the kalb. What does it mean? When the akal wants to think some thoughts, it will look in the kalb and see what feelings does this person have? What emotions does this person have? So let's take the bad example. If a person in their heart has unlawful love, romantic love, lustful love for any rare mahram, so the akal will look at that first and the akal will start thinking about her. Always having thoughts. Always having thoughts. And then people will say, that I don't know what to do. I can't stop my thoughts. I can't control. You're right. You won't be able to control because your thoughts are going to follow your heart. Once you let her in your heart, it's finished for you. Your mind will always be thinking. Always be thinking. If the uncle sees this person has love for dunya, love for mal, love for prestige, love for fame, their mind will always be thinking. All the time thinking about money, about business, about shop, about factory, about expanding. If they have love for themselves in their heart, always thinking about themselves and how great they are. The akal will look at the cult. Whatever feelings are in the heart, the akal will think thoughts accordingly. But it could also have been that the akal looked in the kalb and saw this person has love for Allah in their heart. This is waladina amanu ashadduhumballillah. This person is dripping with love for Allah Ta'ala. So then that akal starts thinking about Allah Ta'ala, starts thinking about Akhirah, starts thinking about Jannah, starts thinking about Deen, has dreams about Deen, aspirations about Deen. Akal will look at what's in the heart. So if in Salah you have random thoughts and stray thoughts, it's not your mind that's the problem, it's your heart that's the problem. Your akal is looking at your heart. Right there in Salah, your akal is looking at your heart. What is your feeling in Salah? Your feeling is still of dunya, your feeling is still of ghafla, your feeling is still heedlessness, neglect, then your akal will think thoughts accordingly. Then Allah Ta'ala made the nafs also naturally follow the heart. If the nafs wants to feel what desire should I have, it will look at the heart. Again, if that heart has unlawful love for ghayam mehram, the nafs will have desires accordingly. The nafs will feel intense surges of lustful desire accordingly because that's what it sees in the heart. And if that person in their heart have love for Allah subhanahu then the nafs, literally, the nafs will desire good things. The nafs will desire to pray tahajjud. The nafs will desire. The nafs will desire to memorize Quran. The nafs will desire to understand Quran. The nafs will desire to feel Quran. The nafs will desire to go to Umrah. The nafs will desire to go to Haraman. The nafs will base its desires by looking at what's in the kalb. So Allah Ta'ala naturally made us that way. That the akal and the nafs follow the kalb. Allah Ta'ala made it that way to make it easy for us to make the kalb the imam of our life. Now if you look, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala sends his hidayah where? On the kalb. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, مَن يُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ يَهْدِ قَلْبَهُ That whomsoever has iman in Allah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala sends hidayah on their kalb, on their spiritual heart. When you pray istikhara, you're asking Allah Ta'ala to send ilham on your qalb, on your spiritual heart. Sayyidina Rasulullah told us that whenever you're unsure about something, you think something is doubtful, istafti qalbak, that you should ask your qalb, ask your spiritual heart. So the qalb is a seat of hidayah, a seat of guidance for us. 
Then when Allah Ta'ala wanted to send Quran, it comes in Quran, where did Allah Ta'ala send Quran? On the Kalb of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. Then when Nabi Karim Wasallam, he taught Sahaba Ikram, when he used to speak to them, if anybody who is even slightly familiar with Hadith, they will know that the Prophet didn't give very rational intellectual discussions. There wasn't some big fancy lecture on how Islam is better than Shirk. No, no, no. Heartfelt. Heart to heart. You can see in the Hadith, Nabi Karim Wasallam is speaking from his heart, and he's speaking to the hearts of the Sahaba. Our deen is a deen of hearts. So those ulama who continue this tradition of receiving hidayah in their heart and speaking to others from their hearts and speaking to the hearts of others, they're called awliyaullah. The awliyaullah are the ones who speak from the heart and speak to the hearts. Yes, they speak from the heart and they speak to the heart. And especially the vast majority of people here today should be able to understand this very easily. The greatest number of Muslims ethnically in the world today are Desi Muslims. If you add up all the Muslims from Pakistan, India and Bangladesh, it's around 500 million, some say even more, anywhere from 500 to 550 million Muslims. Almost half the Muslims are of Desi ethnic origin. How did all of these people in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh accept Islam? What does history say? 99.9% of them and us were descended from Hindus. And 99.9% of those Hindus accepted Islam just because they met a wali of Allah. This is the history of awliyaullah in South Asia, which we have forgotten. And those awliyaullah, they simply came. And what did they do? They didn't give any ugly discussion. didn't have any strategy. There was no tactics. It was just their hearts. They were people of Qalbun Salim. They had such a beautiful heart that all these Hindus, left, right, center, all the provinces, the whole area of South Asia, would look at them and say, I want to become just like you. I don't even know what you are. Many times it would be like this. I don't even know what it is that you are. There's no spoken dawah that has taken place yet. They would just say, I want to become just like you. Hazrat Khwaja Muinuddin Chishtinam Tadai, hundreds of thousands of Hindus accepted Islam at his hands. So the amount of effect that the awliyaullah have spread deen, half of the ummah, 500 to 550 million people today are Muslim, just because those awliyaullah had these pure hearts. Allahu Akbar Kabira. They were people of hearts. So when a person has that qalb, then Allah Ta'ala attracts the other people's hearts towards their heart. This is the nature. This is the nature. It's a hadith in Sahih Bukhari. Allah Ta'ala says that when I love someone, it's a hadith Qudsi. The Prophet said that Allah Ta'ala says that when I love someone, I call Jibreel. <laughs> and I tell Jibreel that I love this person. And I tell Jibreel you announce in all the samawat to all the angels that I love this person. So Jibreel starts loving the person. Then he announces to all the samawat that Allah Ta'ala loves such and such a person. فَأَحِبُّهُ That, oh angels, all of you should love this person. All the angels start loving that person. Then the deed continues, ثُمَّ يُوذَهُ قَبُولُ فِي الْأَرْضِ Then Allah Ta'ala places kabuliyat attraction in the hearts for that person on earth. This is hadith about awliyaullah. There's so many hadith in Sahih Bukhari Muslim about awliyaullah. It's ajeeb. These were people of the hearts. They worked on the hearts of people. Now if you look in Quran al-Kareem, Allah Ta'ala has mentioned that there are different types of hearts. So what we want to see tonight is which type of heart we have, and we want to make a decision tonight which type of heart we want. The first type of heart Allah Ta'ala mentions in Quran, in Arabic generally is called Qalbun Mayyit. It means the dead heart. 
the dead heart. Why? The spiritual heart of death. It means it's the heart that's empty of Iman. Iman is the life of the spiritual heart. The nur of Iman is the life of the spiritual heart. Now this person has no Iman, whether it's atheist, agnostic, polytheist, munafiq, whatever it is. They have a heart that is dead. Now Allah subhanahu wa uses few metaphors to describe this in Quran. First metaphor about this is that this person's heart becomes blind. Blind heart. That if only they had hearts that they understood and reflected on the revelation with their hearts. If only they had ears that they listened to and heard and accepted the revelation with their ears, but they didn't. So what does Allah Ta'ala describe them? فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَ It's not their eyes that are blind. وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَ الْقُلُوبُ الْلَطِيفِ الصُّدُورِ But it's their hearts in their breasts that have become blind. Blind hearts. <laughs> the heart is blind. There's one metaphor Allah Ta'ala gives in Qur'an. That the hearts have become blinded. Second metaphor Allah Ta'ala gives in Qur'an is this heart is hardened. Hard heart. ثُمَّ قَسَلْ قُلُوبُكُمْ and then your hearts became hardened after this disobedience that you did. And how hard are those hearts? They're as hard as rocks. No, Allah Ta'ala says they're even harder than rocks. Why? Because don't you see that from rocks springs of water can get forth? Hmm? Yes, Allah Ta'ala says it's even harder than a rock. So this is the second metaphor Allah Ta'ala makes. Hard heart. Blind heart, hard heart. Then Allah Ta'ala gives a third metaphor in Quran, and that's called sealed heart. Sealed heart. What does that mean? Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Khatamallahu alakulubihim. Allah Ta'ala has set a seal on their hearts. Sealed heart. What does it mean? Now nothing can affect them. No nasiha, no dawa, nothing. Their heart is sealed. And another place, just so it's clear, this isn't just for unbelievers, Allah Ta'ala says the same words that Allah Ta'ala has set a seal on the heart on which one? Allah Kalmikulli Mutakambirin with Jabbar on the heart of every person who has Takambur and every person who is Jabbar means every person who is arrogant gets a sealed heart. And Jabbar means the people who use force and oppress one another. Anybody who's oppressing another person, he also gets a sealed heart. So blind heart, hardened heart, sealed heart. These are examples Allah Ta'ala uses in Qur'an. So then our awliya mashayikh, they've told us what are the alamat, what are the signs that a person has such a heart, what are the symptoms. Now let us see what these signs and symptoms are and let us see whether they may even be found in us or that we're supposed to have that heart full of imam. First sign of this person is that because the qalb is dead, now the nafs takes over. Why? Nafs becomes the imam of their life. Because the qalb has left the seat of being imam. Same person. But what happens here? The sign is that when the desires of the nafs are fulfilled, they're happy. And when the desires of the nafs are not fulfilled, they're sad. This is the sign. Second sign is they don't feel any hesitation in sinning. They don't feel hesitation in sinning. They will hesitate to sin if anybody is around, if anybody else can see them. But if they're alone, they will not hesitate in sinning. If they're traveling on the plane and no of their friend is there, they will have no hesitation staring at the women on the plane. They have no hesitation sinning, no hesitation in front of Allah. Allahu Akbar. 
Atabin Abi Rabarimullah he was from the Tabin. He used to say that, O oh friend, whenever you want to commit a sin, you close all the doors and draw all the curtains and close all the windows through which creation can see you. O oh friend, from all of those who are looking at you, is it Allah Ta'ala only that you hold in such low regard? In Urdu, جب تم گناہ کی ارادہ کرتے ہو تو وہ تمام دروازے اور پردے بند کرتے ہو جس کے ذریعے سے مخلوق آپ کو دیکھ سکتا ہے کیا اپنی طرف تمام دیکھنے والوں میں سے سب سے کم درجہ آپ نے اللہ تعالیٰ کو دیا ہے کہ اللہ ہی دیکھ رہے ہیں بس ٹھیک ہے This is the sign of the hard heart. This is the sign of the blind heart. This is the sign of the dead heart. This is the sign of the sealed heart. Then if they commit a sin, the next sign is they don't have true remorse over sin. So they make Fajr Kazal. They don't cry. That's a hard heart. Literally. If you can make Fajr Kazal and not cry, literally cry, it means your heart must be hard. Your heart must be hard. If you missed a meeting, Right? At work and you got fired, you'd come home crying. You would come home crying. If a student missed their exam and they had to lose a whole year in their studies and appear next year in the annual exam, they would come home crying. They would start crying, I missed this exam. He would start crying, I missed this meeting. You miss a business opportunity, even then you might start crying. You miss Fajr Salah, you don't cry. Allah Akbar. In fact, we have observed in some people, some people, that if they sleep late and they miss Fajr, So now they wake up late, now they have to go to work. Now they have two options, because they're running late. They only have a little bit of time. Either they make wudu and pray qaza of their fajr right then, or they have breakfast. Because they don't have enough time for both. We've seen nine out of ten people choose to have breakfast. Why? They say that, how am I going to function at work? How am I going to survive without my breakfast? How am I going to survive without my morning to eat? Oh, <laughs> how are you going to survive without the nur of fajr? How are you going to survive that day without the barakat of having prayed Fajr? What were you thinking? You think you can't survive without your breakfast? What in the world made you think you can't survive without your Fajr? But that's what they think. They think, oh, I'll make it up later. I'll have breakfast now. Make up that Fajr later. They don't make it up later. 24 hours go by, they don't make it up. That's dead heart. That's hard heart, blind heart, sealed heart. It's not feeling remorse and regret over the sin. Our Akamir Oliya, they used to cry if they missed the Hajjud. Forget Fajr. If they missed the Hajjud, they would start weeping if they missed the Hajjud Salah. Allahu Akbar Kabeerah. And we miss Fajr, we may feel a little bad, but then we immediately start thinking, what else we have to do? We move on. Allahu Akbar. Another sign that a person has this hard, blind, sealed heart is they find ibadat difficult to do. They find it very difficult to do ibadah. If you tell them, here's this book, they can read it for two hours. If you tell them, there's your friend, you can talk to them. They can talk to makhluk. For hours and hours and hours they can talk to makhluk. They can't talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it's nafil salah, whether it's tilawah to Quran, whether it's dua, they find ibadah difficult. So much so we've observed that some of them, they, they come early to the masjid. They stay outside. They can't come inside. They realize, oh, there's still 10 minutes. They stay outside and they talk to anyone. Just fall to guftugu. You can't really talk anything productive like that. They just engage in idle talk, small talk. They wait and then they come into the masjid at the very end. Ya Allah. So distant. They came all the way to the door of your masjid and still they were mahroom. Still they were mahroom. 
If you ask them to stay behind in the masjid for a few minutes, let's say there's dars hadith or talim, they will say they're too busy. But when they leave, you see if they meet some, meet some random friend, they will stand talking to the random friend for 10 minutes by the car. Hmm? Yes, they have time for that, but they don't have time for this. Allah They find doing good deeds a burden. They find it difficult. They go for Umrah. Yes, they go for Umrah. They find doing more than one or two tawaf a day a burden. They actually sit there looking at Kaaba and they think that, oh, you know, and I'm not talking about anybody. If you're sick, that's fine. If you have arthritis, you have difficulty walking, that's difficult, different. I'm talking about people who are full-bodied, who are fully capable of walking, who have left their home, left their job, paid money for this opportunity. They sit there and they think, oh, it's too much rest, let me go back to my hotel room. You've left every single thing for the sake of this tawaf. And if it's a little bit of rush, they say, okay, no, let's do it later. Okay, except if it's a lot of rush, it can become difficult. Right? But a little bit of rush, they say, no, we'll do it later. Let's come back when there's no rush. They don't come back. Next day, hope. Tawaf becomes next day. They find doing good deeds a burden. They find it difficult. You know, it's mentioned that some of the Akabar used to make tawaf 70 times a day. Allah Akbar. Just look at the salah they have to pray. Two rakats, wajib tawaf for every tawaf. That's 140 rakats. <laughs> I think me and you, we can't even pray 140 rakats in Hanat. Forget even the tawaf part of it. Hmm? And they made 70 tawaf. Allah Akbar. Hmm? They had a himmat. They had enjoyed they were enjoying it. They didn't view it as a burden. And the last sign that somebody has this hard heart, blind heart, sealed heart, is they don't like nasiha. They don't want anybody to tell them anything. They don't want to be reminded or advised or counseled on deen. But the false Prophet said, Ad-deen nasiha That deen is nasiha. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ ذِكْرَ تَنْفُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ An example of this is a young man. So if he's involved, young Muslim man, if he's involved in sinning, he doesn't want anybody to say anything to them. If his parents start saying anything, trying to gently, even gently, with love, with wisdom, counsel him, he says, don't talk to me. He says, if you talk to me about this again, I will leave this house. Allahu Akbar. He's talking to his parents like this. If you talk to me about this again, I will leave this house. Allahu Akbar. Now the mother doesn't know what to do. It's like, I meant to send to leave the house, but I can't let him continue. Okay, mother goes to the other son and says, look, he's your younger brother. You guys are close. You've been best friends like this. He looks up to you. You've taken care of him. You go try. Okay, the brother goes to him. Tries to tell him that, oh, my brother, don't be involved in the sin. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting your parents. He looks at his brother. Don't you talk to me about this. I don't want anybody to talk to me about my, it's my life. It's my choice. If you talk to me about this, I'm going to leave. In fact, and then he takes out his phone and SMSs. Some friend you met at some party tells him, pick me up right now. Pick me up right now. The friend comes. He gets in the car. Friend says, where should we go? He says, take me anywhere. Just get me away from here. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> He's talking about his parents and his brother who were with him for 25 years of his life. Telling to a friend he met once that just take me anywhere with you. Get me away from here. Allah Akbar Kabira. Hard heart, blind heart, sealed heart, does not want to hear it from anyone, does not want any advice from anyone, doesn't want to see it from anyone. Allah Akbar Kabira. May Allah Ta'ala save us from such a thing. May Allah Ta'ala enable us to do tazkiyah quickly, 
and deeply so we never get any one of these symptoms. That we never get any one of these symptoms. Once a person he came to Shaykh Hassan Basri Mulatala, one of the great Tabeen, Kibar Tabeen. You know how great Tabi he was when Sayyidina Ali, Radiallahu ta'ala anhu, was Amir al-Mu'mineen, Khalifatul Rasul Wasallam. He sent Hassan to Basra. Hassan wasn't from Basra. He sent Hassan to Basra. And he wrote all of Ahl basra a letter. That, O oh, people of Basra, I am sending you Hassan. You take all your deen from Hassan. Allah Akbar, such a great Tabi. He met so many Sahaba and he taught so many Tabai Tabi. He's a bridge. He met so many Sahaba and he taught so many of the Tabai Tabi. Once a person he came to Shaykh Hassan Basri and said, Shaykh, make dua for me. He said, why? He said, I think my heart is sleeping. I think my heart is sleeping. He said, why do you think that? He said, because when you talk, you say, Qala Allahu Ta'ala, and you say the words of Allah Ta'ala, or you say, Qala Rasulullah Sallallahu you say the words of the Prophet it doesn't have an effect on me. It doesn't have an effect on me. So I'm worried that my heart is sleeping. Shaykh Hassan Basri said that, oh young man, you should not be worried that your heart is sleeping. You should be worried that your heart is dead. Because if something is sleeping, you shake it, it wakes up. If you were sleeping and I recited Quran to you, I recited Hadith to you, that would have shaken you and woke you up. If that didn't affect you, it means your heart is not sleeping, your heart is dead. Allahu Akbar. And of us, we've heard so many bayans, so many verses of Quran, so many Hadith, and it doesn't change us. It doesn't, our life doesn't change. If a person sits in Talim and listens to Hadith, whatever, from Muntakhab Hadith, or Fazal Amal, or Riyadh Salihin, or Sahih Bukhari, or whatever it is, and they listen to Hadith 10 minutes a day, that means in the course of a few months they have listened to so many Hadith, so something should change in their life. <laughs> there should be some corresponding change. They should be able to say that before I listened to those many Hadith, I was this level. And after listening to those many Hadith, I'm at this level. Somebody sits in Dersi Quran, Dersi Tafsir, and they sit regularly, but their life doesn't change. No, they should have said, before I learned Quran, I was at this level. After three months of Dersi Quran, I'm at this level. If we're listening, but we don't change, what did Hassan Basri say? <laughs> you shouldn't be aware, you shouldn't be scared, just scared that your heart is sleeping. You should be scared that your heart is dead. Allahu Akbar. So another understanding of the dead heart. Then the second type of heart, Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in Quran, this is called the diseased heart. Qalbun mariz. Sick heart. Diseased heart. Another metaphor Allah Ta'ala uses for this is rusted heart. Bal rana ala kulubihim. Rusted heart. Zang. Rusted heart. Diseased heart. Allahu Akbar. Now, what were we supposed to do if we had a diseased heart? Oh, what is the sign of the diseased heart? Sign of this person is that sometimes they're healthy and sometimes they're sick. Sometimes they're healthy, sometimes they're sick. Sometimes they behave and act and their 24 hours looks as if they're Oliya Rahman, as if they're the friend of Allah SWT. And sometimes they do some things that makes them look like they're Oliya Shaitan, like they're the friends of Shaitan. Maybe they get overcome by anger and they say words that doesn't befit a mu'min. That same tongue that was doing dawah, that same tongue that was giving bayan, that same tongue that was leading salah, that same tongue that gave khutbah, all of a sudden that tongue is used in sharp anger against their own wife, against their own children. Because hmm? they have mothers. They have mothers of anger. So sometimes the sickness overwhelms them. And they don't behave like a healthy person. Sometimes they were pious and sincere, but sometimes the sickness of lust overwhelms them. And they commit sins with their eyes 
as if they were the friends of shaitan, although outwardly they have the sunnah, although Allah Ta'ala blessed those eyes to look at his Kaaba, still they did that sin. Allah Ta'ala blessed those eyes to look at Musaf quran still they did that sin. They have kalbun mariz, they have a diseased heart. Sometimes the sickness overtakes them. They say, I couldn't control it. Allahu Akbar. So what happens when a person has a sickness? We were supposed to get a cure. You will see the people of this world, if they have a physical sickness, you will see Allahu Akbar, how intently and how sincerely they try to find a cure. We once saw a cancer patient in one of our relatives. She was 70 plus years old. And she insisted on getting chemotherapy. Allahu Akbar. Now chemotherapy is an extremely intense form of medicine. Doctors tell you that you will become bald. She said, no problem. Your eyebrows will go. No problem. Allahu Akbar. Even if you get cured, you're already 70s. How much more could you live? What would be the quality of that life? No. She had so much himmat. So much istikamat. I was amazed. She said somebody was like that about their spiritual diseases. They become a wali of Allah. She said, whatever you have to do, cure me. You want to put chemotherapy in me? Cure me. I want to be, I will be bald? Cure me. I will lose my eyebrows? Cure me. I will become thin? Cure me. My complexion will change? Cure me. Allahu Akbar. So much istikamat to get cured of her mother. Hmm? This is how people are. Even some people go to an extreme. If that doesn't work, they try alternative therapy. If that doesn't work, they even go for experimental therapy. They will sign a form that I waive all my legal rights in any country of the world. You test me. You use me as a mashak. You use me as a human specimen. You put some experimental drug on me. Do whatever you have to do. Cure me. There may be side effects. Cure me. Allahu Akbar. So much himmat to get a physical cure. And when we have a spiritual disease, we're not getting cured. We're not getting cured. We can't control our lust. We don't go to mashak and awliya and say, cure me. You should say the same thing. Cure me. Give me that chemotherapy. Give me ragra. Cure me. Tell me some zikr to do. Cure me. Make me do some mujahidah. Cure me. Tell me what to do. Cure me. We don't talk like that. Somebody has the problem of anger. We should go to the mashayikh and all the others, the people of Tuskia, the doctors of the heart. We should tell them I have this problem. Cure me. We don't do it. Even I'm telling you, salakin, muridin don't do it. Forget anyone else. <laughs> Even people who are technically in tasawwuf, they just have baraka relationship with shaykh, that's it. They don't tell shaykh, cure me. They don't present themselves to be cured. Hmm? Allahu Akbar. Now I'm telling you the inner secret that you can imagine. If this is the sake of many salakin, muridin, so what in the world would be the state of people who are not even trying, who are not even attached to a doctor? Hmm? You have to go and get cured. <laughs> you have to go and get cured. You can't just sit. Do you go to a doctor like that, a physical doctor, and just sit there? And just expect that he must somehow be able to know what's wrong with you? No. You open up and tell him every single thing. You cough this much, you sneeze this much, you felt this fever, it was this amount, it happened this frequently. You tell him as much as you can. He takes the whole patient history from you. Why do you do this process? Because you want to get cured. Okay, what's the worst that could happen if you're physically sick? What's the absolute worst that can happen if you don't get cured? You die. That's it. That's the worst. Death is unavoidable. However, what's the worst that could happen if you're spiritually sick and you don't get cured? You go to Jahannam. Jahannam is avoidable. <laughs> yes, Jahannam is actually avoidable. <laughs> 
So why don't we try to get the cure to avoid that avoidable jahannam and we're so intent on getting this cure and trying to avoid the unavoidable death. Hmm? That's infinitely more critical to get cured from spiritual illness. Now I want you to imagine. Imagine somebody came to you and said, I'm really physically, really sick. And you say, what happened? They said, oh, I have blood cancer, leukemia. And I have prostate cancer. And I have hepatitis. And I have typhoid. And I have jaundice. And I have arthritis. You would say, Ya Allah. <laughs> you would have so much thirst. You would feel so much compassion, so much empathy. You would want to do anything for such a person. Right? Me and you were just like that spiritually. We have the cancer of lust. We have the cancer of anger. We have the cancer of envy. We have the cancer of the cumber. We have five, six, ten spiritual cancers in us. We are more confident in him. We are more worthy of mercy than that person who may have five, ten physical diseases. But we don't realize. We don't realize. As early as 900 years ago, Imam al-Ghazali wrote in his that a person who has these spiritual diseases but doesn't accept them, he said it's like a leper who has leprosy, that even you show him the mirror. Leprosy is a degenerative skin disease. So, you show him the mirror and even then he denies. He says, no, I'm completely fine. <laughs> completely fine. Okay, imagine that person who has five, six types of spiritual cancer. Now, what happens if we don't cure ourselves? Then Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, فِي كُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ فَزَادُهُمُ اللَّهُ مَرَضًا And their heart was a disease and they did not try to treat the disease. And they kept letting it fester. They kept letting it fester. Eventually Allah says, Okay, فَزَادُهُمُ marada. What does it mean? So you misuse your gaze once. You should have immediately cried. Immediately gone to Mashaikh. Immediately gotten the cure. Begged Allah Ta'ala. Tried to learn how to lower your gaze. You didn't do it. You misuse your gaze a second time. You misuse your gaze a third time. A fourth time. فَزَادُهُمُ اللَّهُ marada. That Allah Ta'ala lets you go. It doesn't mean Allah increases you. It means Allah Ta'ala chur-dipte means Allah Ta'ala lets you go. It's Allah Ta'ala's power of hidayah was holding you back, was keeping you going, not so fast. Allah Ta'ala lets go. Allah Ta'ala doesn't misguide anybody. But He lets go of His protective hidayah if we choose not to be guided. So then the person goes deep into that lust. Then crazy things happen in this community. Crazy things people tell us. Affairs, second wives who were just mistresses, not real second wives the way the sunnah teaches. A mistress, a secret mistress on the side. Always remember, none of our akabir married for lust. None. There may be a few, very small minority, who married a second time, that was done for some reason. None of them married for lust. It's not in our deen. The whole deen is telling you, control your lust. The whole deen is telling you, lower your gaze. The whole deen is telling you, do iktifan what you have. Be, khush, be happy with your nasib. Be happy with your state. The whole deen is telling you that. But no, they end up in crazy situations. Crazy situations. Why? Allah lets them go. Their maras increases, increases, increases. You had anger for the first time. You should have gotten treated. You didn't get it treated. You had it again. You had it again. Then a person goes with anger and divorces their wife. And as anger divorces their wife thrice in one sentence, which is itself a sin. There is no need to fire three bullets in one shot. Go ahead and does it. Why? Then he says, oh, I was angry. Our Mashaikh said, ask, he said, khushi me apne viru ko talaq di. Ghusay me dehte. Does anybody give divorce to their wife when they're happy? Yes, of course she did it when you're angry. What did Allah tell us in God? Wa kaazameen al-ghayz. You're supposed to swallow it. Suppress it. 
You gave in to it. You made a mistake. That was a sickness. It was a disease. And you left it untreated. So it moved from argument to argument to fight to fight to outright divorce. فَزَادَهُ اللَّهُ مَرَضًا You didn't get it treated. Can you imagine now somebody with a physical wound and they don't treat it? What's going to happen? You know what will happen. It will start rotting. It will get septic. It will have more pus. It will have etc. Right? Untreated wound. We are walking around with untreated shahwa, untreated anger, untreated hasad, untreated takabbur, untreated hubbi dunya, untreated ujub, hmm? untreated, open wounds in our heart. Hmm? What's going to happen? If you don't cure it, فَزَادُهُمْ Allah Ta'ala increases them in their sickness. So we have to make a very big effort to purify our heart from these spiritual diseases. It's not enough to have the outer sunnah. You have to have the inner sunnah, the real sunnah. This was the first step. Our Messiah used to teach us to make dua. Allah Ta'ala min al-naqul utari ap asal ibn. Oh Allah, I have adopted the outward resemblance of Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Grant me the inward adab, akhlaq, sifat that he had. It's a beautiful hadith that the Prophet said that make your outward virtuous and make your inward virtuous and make your inward more virtuous than your outer. It's a beautiful three step. Step one, make your outer virtuous. Step two, make your inner virtuous. Step three, make your batin even more virtuous than your outer self. This only Allah, they're on step three, let me tell you. <laughs> yes. As you look at their Nurani Chera, hmm? like our Shaykh and many other Mashaikh, people come and say, Oh, we saw your Hazrat. It was such a. No, no, you haven't realized they have a third step. <laughs> The nur of the marafat in their batin, the nur of the kefiyat of Nabiya Kareem in their batin, the nur of their adab and akhlaq in their batin is infinitely more manawar than the face that you look at. Yes, they're on the third step. They made their inward even more virtuous than their outward. I was blessed once in my life, only once, but I can never forget that meeting when I met Hazrat Mulani Yunus Patel Ramtani. Really, I can tell you few people in my life, I can say after my Hazraji, Nobody else can I say I fell as much in love with in first sight that I fell with Hazrat Mulani Yusuf Patel Allah There was something else about him. There was a nur in his batin. Ajiz, miskeen, mukhlis, It was a big nimat for you people. I don't know whether you did qadr of it or not, but you lost that nimat. You lost that nimat. It came as a shock to you. It came as a shock to us when we heard it. Real wali of Allah subhanahu wa I used to sometimes tell people, he's the greatest English-speaking wali in the world. This is my own personal <laughs> lakab I had for him. The greatest English-speaking wali in the world. Hmm? These people had nur in their button. Allahu Akbar Kabira. So we have to purify this sick heart, this diseased heart. You know, today, if even your shoes are dirty, you will clean it. If you get a small stain in your clothes, you will clean it. Even some young men, they love their cars so much that if the rims, wheels, tires are dirty, they get down on their knees. They get down on their knees and they scrub their tires. And those tires are just going to go over and adjust it anyway. You can't get down on your knees and scrub your heart and make the zikr of Allah. You can't make this mujahadatun nafs. Allah Akbar but alhamdulillah, there's also a third type of heart Allah Ta'ala mentions in Qur'an. Kalbun salim, Kalbun munib, 
अब्दुलमुनीब नफल मुतमिन्ना ये भी एक चीज है अलहमदुल्लांग फॉर दिस इससे तो मुंह में पानी आना चाहिए यू शुड बी यू शुड बी हरीश फॉर दिस कलबुल सलीम कलबुल मुनीब अब्दुल मुनीब नफल मुतमिन्ना प्योर हार्ट प्योरिफाइड हार्ट कलबुल मुनीब यर्निंग हार्ट a heart with longing and yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nafsul mutmainna a nafs that is completely content and happy on deen is completely serene and at peace with deen this is the third way of life third option we have so why not instead of having the dead heart and instead of having the sick heart we should try and make effort to get this pure heart to get this qalbun salim when Allah ta'ala said in Quran that the only hope we have on that day of judgment is to have this qalbun salim So then there must be some signs of this also. Must be some signs of Qalban Salim. So from two hadith only tonight, I will tell you some signs of Qalban Salim. One, Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man ahabba lillah wa abghada lillah wa mana'a lillah wa ata'a lillah faqad istakmala imam. That that person who loves for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, this is Qalban Salim, that all of their loves are for the sake of Allah. What does it mean? We have to love Allah Ta'ala and we have to love whatever Allah Ta'ala wants us to love. Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu in his very first bayan, very first khutbah to Adam Medina, he said, Ahibbu ma ahabballah That, O oh people, you must love whatever Allah Ta'ala loves. Wa ahibbu allaha min kulli kulubikum And you must love Allah Ta'ala with your whole heart entirely. Love whatever Allah Ta'ala loves and love Allah Ta'ala wholeheartedly. Ahibbu ma ahabballah wa ahibbu allah min kulli kulubikum. This is the way that a person gets his pure heart. So all our loves are lillah fillah. And any love that cannot have this nisbat for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, you have to take it out of your heart. It can be love for dunya, love for ourselves, or unlawful love for ghair mecha. You have to take it out. These are the three greatest impurities of the heart. Are any one of these three unlawful loves? Man abghadullillah. It means that they don't have now their own tabiat, mizaz, their own temperament. They only dislike something if Allah Ta'ala dislikes it. They have no personal dislikes. Can you imagine like that? Most of us we have our personal pet peeves, personal dislikes. This person, no. He's kalman sunni. He can't dislike anything unless Allah Ta'ala dislikes it. Otherwise he loves anything and everyone. Yes, this is the default state. To love all of humanity even. To love anything and everything and everyone unless Allah Ta'ala dislikes it. And then we have dislike for it in our heart. And if Allah Ta'ala detests it, then we have detest for it in our heart. Third, وَأَطَاءَ <clears throat> lillah. It means whenever they give anything, it can mean charity, it can mean time, it can mean khidmat, it can mean dawah, it can be imamat, it can be tidris. Whenever they give of themselves, whenever they do anything, they do it only and only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُدِّينَ They only want the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. They have no other hope, no hope for reward, no hope for praise, no expectation for anyone. وَمَنَعَ لِلَّهِ And if they ever pull back from anything, or refrain from anything, or stop anything, they do that also only and only for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this is one hadith that mentions these signs. Then Nabi Akrim Sassam specifically about this ayah, in tafsir of this ayah, that one sahabi asked Ya Rasulullah, what is the sign of Kalbun Salim? So Nabi Yaqib mentioned a couple of signs. One, is at-tajafi in Darul Ghurur. 
that this person is not interested in the world anymore. They're fed up with the world. They turn away from the world. And now their heart is yearning towards Akhirah. What does it mean? You have to live in the world, yes. You have to earn in the world, yes. You have to achieve, attain, accomplish in the world, yes. You can't love the world. That's it. Hubbad dunya, rasukulli khati'ah. Nabi Akrim saw something that love from the world is the source of all evil. You just can't love it. That's it. But that's our problem. <laughs> it's not that easy. You see, when you live in it, when you earn it, when you work for it, it's very natural to start loving it. <laughs> so the Prophet wanted us not to love the world. You see, hadith is about feelings. It's not about words and meanings. All of you may have heard this hadith, الدنيا أُسِدْنُ mu'min, That the world is a prison for a believer. It doesn't mean you will live a tough life. You can live a very comfortable life. But you feel like the way a person feels in prison. What does a person feel in prison? No matter how nice their prison is, no matter how comfortable it is, no matter how much friends they have, they always want to be on the outside. Their whole being has one dream, is I want to be on the outside. Just like that, the believer, no matter how nice their dunya is, no matter how comfortable they are, they have one dream, their dream is just to be in akhirah. That's all they yearn for. That's all they aspire for. That's all they dream about is akhirah. So these were two signs of Qalbun Salim from, a pers- from the hadith of Nabi Akrim sallallahu And the third one was ishti- that they are prepared for death. I'll put it in simple English. They are ready for death even before death is ready for them. They are ready for death even before death is ready for them. Yes, sometimes it's like that for a journey. We're ready to go even before the date of departure. We're all ready. So now I'm ready. So are you ready? So yes, I'm going. I'm going next week, but I'm ready now. <laughs> they're ready for death even before death is ready for them. This is the sign that they have Qalbun Salim. So the very last thing for tonight is there must be some way to get this Qalbun Salim. <laughs> there has to be some practical steps for us. This is where there's great hope. Yes. It's possible to get Qalbun Salim. It's possible for every believer to get Qalbun Salim. Alhamdulillah. But there are some steps we have to take. There are some steps we have to take. Number one step is to make tawbah for any and all unlawful loves we have in this heart. Absolute pure tawbah. Now control your gaze. Control your mind. Don't have those attractions. Don't have those infatuations. Don't have those thoughts. Don't have those yearnings. You have to take it out of your heart. You have to make tawbah from anything and everything to do with your mehram. This is the number one reason the majority of Muslims are suffering and don't have Qalman Salim. So you just make true Tawbah, you leave it once and for all, forever. And beg Allah Ta'ala to help you. Make Dua to Allah Ta'ala to help you. Second, is to make the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The more zikr you make, the more your heart will become pure. Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ سِقَالَ That for each and everything there is a polish with سِقَالَةَ الْقُلُوبِ ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ And the polish of the hearts is the zikr of Allah SWT. The more zikr we make, the more the heart will be pure. The Prophet said that whenever we sin, a stain, دَبَّدَاغ A stain comes on our kalb. When you make zikr, the stain is removed. So it's like the stain remover, the rust remover. It's what fights this kalbun marid. It's what revives this kalbun mayyit. 
is the zikr of Allah SWT. So our Mashaikh they specifically teach this zikr called zikr al-kalbi. This is the zikr that directly you do with your kalb, with your spiritual heart. It directly cures the illnesses and hardness of the heart. It's most direct. You know like when a patient is sick, so what do they do? Really sick, they put IV. They say, no, we need to get the medicine directly into your bloodstream. So it has a faster effect. So it has a deeper effect. Just like that, the Mashaik method of zikr al-kalbi is to get the zikr of Allah directly into the kalb. So it has a faster effect and has a deeper effect. Because sometimes people make zikr with their tongue, it doesn't reach their kalb. Yes, they make zikr with their tongue, it doesn't reach their kalb. Why? Because when they're making zikr with their tongue, their kalb is ghafil. Their kalb is off. If your kalb is off, when you make zikr of the tongue, it doesn't affect your heart. This I already explained to you in Jummah. This is the problem with our salah. Our body makes zikr, our tongue makes zikr. It doesn't affect our kalb. Because our kalb is ghafil. So how to cure the ghaflat of the heart is to make zikr in the heart. How did our Mishnah teach this? Two major ways of zikr kalbi. Two very good medicines to cure this diseased heart. Two very good injections to revive the dead heart. The first in Arabic is called wukuf kalbi. Wukuf kalbi. Wukuf comes from wakaf. It means to pause. It means your spiritual heart should always be stuck on the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Spiritual heart is paused. It means your mind and body is busy with the work of the world, but your heart remains engaged in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. This is what Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, that there are such people that nothing in the world can distract them from Allah Ta'ala's zikr. This is a command Allah Ta'ala gave us. That you must remember Allah while standing, sitting and lying down. It means all the time, in every single physical posture you're in, in every state that you're in. How do you practice this zikr? It's very easy. You'll be amazed at how easy it is to get this Kalban Salim. You just have to make niyat. That's it. Nothing else. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to think anything. You just make niyat, intention, that my Kalb is remembering Allah. And you keep making this intention all the time until you, it becomes your adat. It becomes your sifat. It becomes your habit. It becomes your attribute. It becomes who you are. This is called zakirin. This word in Quran is zakirin. It means those mu'mineen who are always doing zikr, they're called zakirin. Those mu'mineen for whom zikr is now inseparable from them, they're called zakirin. So you start with an intention. One intention, two intention, once an hour, twice an hour, ten times a day, hundred times a day, thousand times a day. All the time you make niyat that, Ya Allah, my kalb is remembering you. I'm about to work, my kalb will still be remembering you. I have to drive, my kalb will still be remembering you. I have to teach, my kalb is still remembering you. I'm going to school, my kalb is still remembering you. Whatever you do, you keep making near that my kalb is still remembering you. That's it. Zikr kalbi. Then you can increase it during the activity. Refresh that intention. Try to be aware of that intention all the time. I'll give you an example. If there is a man who has a court case coming up in a month, and he's innocent, right? And he's very worried about it. It doesn't mean he stops doing what he's doing. Outwardly, he does everything that he does in life. But inside his heart is always remembering that court case. So Allah Ta'ala gave us this ability that outwardly we work in the world, but inwardly we keep remembering Allah Ta'ala. So you have that ability in you. Second way of Zikr Kalbi, our Messiah teaches called Muraqabah. Muraqabah you can't do all the time. 
Muraqaba means you do it for 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, once a day, twice a day, whenever you're free, before salah, after salah. What is this? This is a special type of zikr kalbi. That you want to remember Allah Ta'ala so much in your heart that you forget everything else. Forget everything. Even your own self. It's not meditation. You're forgetting your own self. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ And make zikr of your Rabb inside yourself. تَذَرُّ وَخِيفَ With humility, with longing, silently, secretly. How? Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكَ Make zikr of the name of your Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. And that name has barakah. تَبَارَكَ اسْمُ Full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. So put the barakah of this name in your heart. When you put the barakah of Allah's name, Isma Azam, Ism Jalala, Allah, in your qalb, in your spiritual heart, then you will start getting qalb and sali. Very simple. How do you take the name of Allah in your heart? Just niyat. Same thing. So easy. Just niyat. You just sit and make niyat intention that my qalb is making zikr of Allah's name. And me, I'm unaware of everything else. The only thing I'm aware of is the zikr of Allah's name coming from my spiritual heart. Now in the beginning you won't feel anything. You have to do it for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day. For 2, 3, 4 weeks so the color will get uncluttered. All types of random thoughts will come. Stray thoughts will come. Blank thoughts will come. Keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And one day you'll have a breakthrough. What does breakthrough mean? For one moment you will say yes, there was one minute there, I actually forgot everything. And I only remembered Allah. To get one minute like that, it's worth it to do it for years. <laughs> Forget weeks. I told you, inshallah, will happen in weeks. To get one minute of your life, to have one minute in your book of deeds, which is pure nur, that, Ya Allah, for that one minute of my life, I forgot every single thing in the world, everything about myself, and the only thing I was feeling was the zikr of you. What tabattul ilayhi tabtila, this is Quran, it's called tabattul. Subhanallah. So Masha'ik made it so easy. So you keep sitting, keep sitting. Then it may happen for two minutes. Then it will start spilling over into your salah. Spilling over into your ibadah. Then in salah you will have moments like that. That you only remember Allah Ta'ala. You keep practicing the zikr. Keep practicing. Then it will spill over into your dunya. It will spill over into your dunya. You'll be working all of a sudden. Your heart will remind you Allah. You'll remember Allah Ta'ala. You'll be driving. You'll remember Allah. You'll be walking, you'll remember Allah. You'll be talking to somebody, you remember Allah. This is the benefit of zikr kathir. The more you make the zikr, the more it will benefit. Our Mashaikh say, Jitna Guru Utna Mita. The more sugar you put, the more sweet it will be. So these are few steps that we mentioned. Toba of the heart and zikr of the heart. If we do these two things, inshallah we can start curing these diseases of our heart and be on the way to get Kalbun Salim. May Allah Ta'ala accept us to get this purification of the heart. You know, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure I would tell you this tonight. So we came here to South Africa 10 years ago, in 2002, 2003, 2004. I traveled 7,000 kilometers, according to one friend of ours who remembers. We went almost, I came here also. I didn't give Bayan and Stenger, but I came here also. And believe me, we were stunned. We saw that you had beautiful massages, Beautiful Darlum, beautiful Maktab, all the nice fancy halal sausages and every type of meat and patty that one can imagine. And in the beginning I was impressed. I said, this is like some Deobandi heaven. These people have it made. 
Then as I started to get to see you more and more, I realized, no, 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 this is a big deception. <laughs> this outside is one thing, inside is something else. This ajeeb and ghareeb, the Messiah that I saw here, and I came one year, second year, third year, 2004, then I made Tawbah. I'll be honest with you, I didn't come back. I come back after 10 years. I couldn't come back. I couldn't find the solution to your people's problems. I was young at that time. I just got Khilafah from my Sheikh in 2002. Then there were some other friends of ours who got Khilafah. I said, okay, they'll handle it. They'll handle the problems. Serious issues. Very serious issues. Very serious problems. Spiritual problems. Almost spiritual crisis. Then we were with my Sheikh. I was traveling with Sheikh in Australia just a few months ago. And he turned to me out of the blue and said, I want you to go to South Africa. I was stunned. But the next line was really killed me. He said, I want you to go to South Africa for itikaf. I wanted to share with you openly the people of this masjid. So that I don't want to disappoint you and I don't want you to disappoint me. Seriously about that. For 12 years, for 10 out of the last 12 years, I've done itikaf with Zambia, with my share. And I love those 10 days. Those are the best 10 days of my life every year. Anything that I get all year happens because of those 10 days. For me to be told to leave those 10 days and spend itikaf with you was a very difficult thing for me to accept. But I'll be honest with you, I begged Hazrat, you know. I literally begged Hazrat, please, don't take me away from Zambia. I don't want to go. He just listened quietly. He didn't accept. Second time I tried, he didn't accept. Third time I tried. And third time, I can't tell you everything, but I'll just tell you, third time I was scolded and reprimanded by Shaykh with very strong words that how dare I protest his decision. Which is correct. That's what Mashaykh are. That how dare I protest his decision. So then I accepted it. Then I'll be honest with you, even then, my niyat wasn't there. I thought, okay, what I'll do is I'll tell them, I'll give them the first 10 days. I'll give them all first 20 days. Somehow I'll still get my 10 days in Zambia. Then Mulana called Hazaji. They had some conversations. I don't know what happened in Zambia. And my friend Sheikh Yunus in Zambia Hazrati was in Zambia. And then Sheikh Yunus left. He read out a letter that apparently Mulana and the committee had written to Hazrati had reached him in Zambia. And Sheikh Yunus read this letter out to me and said, You're booked. <laughs> this letter is saying that you are going there for the last 10 days of Itikaf and this, that, the other. And there's no way you can get out of it. And you better not say anything to anyone because then you will be an embarrassment for Sheikh. And Sheikh has given his word that you will be there. So then I realized, okay, now I have to come to this place called Stanger, halfway across the world people I don't know, people who don't know me, and I have to give them the most ten precious days of my life. Those ten days I spend in itikaf with my shaykh were the most ten precious days of my life. So it's Allah Ta'ala's will and wish that this year I give those ten days to you. So I will give it. Because whatever Allah Ta'ala's wish is, whatever my shaykh commands, this is how I've lived my whole life. But then I want you to give me something back. I want you to give me something back. So all the way here I was making dua, all the time, constantly, ever since I got this news. No problem. I don't worry about numbers. I've given beyond in front of thousand people and I've given beyond in front of one person, literally. I've given a beyond to just one person. So I'm here just looking for that one. We travel the world looking for that one diamond. I don't know if any one of you here will be that diamond. I have no problem leaving everything, wife, children, sheikh, the most things that are beloved to me, to spend 10 days with you, but I'm coming here looking for that one diamond. 
This is my niyat, and I wanted to share it with you openly. Why I'm here right now, and why I'll be coming to you in Ramadan. The diamond is who? The diamond is that person who wants Kalbun Salim. That's called the diamond. That person who wants to dedicate their whole life to this effort of purifying their heart. This becomes the mission of their life. This becomes the dream of their life. They want to learn from the awliya and mashayikh and from the methods of awliya and mashayikh how to get this Kalbun Salim. So this is why we've come to you. Make dua Allah Ta'ala accept our coming. Allah Ta'ala accept your sitting. That may Allah Ta'ala put barakah in this relationship. May He put barakah in our interaction. Whether it is now and the next few days and the coming month in Ramadan. Wa akhir da'wana. And alhamdulillah. Hilam bin alameen. Dua sepani tawizya mraqa makarna. Aku kubal karna. Sana kujukane. Jo kuch din mein hai. Dunya mein hai. Se hat kar kar. Allah Ta'ala ki yaad mein doom jai. Before we make dua. Make short silent zikr of the heart. Close your eyes, bow your head, disconnect yourself from everything in the world. Make niyat Ya Allah, I'm turning with a broken heart towards you. I'm yearning to have Kalban Salim. I'm making zikr of your ism azam from my kalb. That my spiritual heart is humbly, silently calling your name. That my kalb is calling Allah, Allah, Allah. La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us for all the sins that we did in our heart. Forgive us for all the betrayals, all the disloyalty, all the disobedience. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did in the day. Forgive us for the sins that we did at night. Forgive us for the sins that we did alone. Forgive us for the sins we did to others. Ya Rabbikareem, forgive us for the sinful thoughts. Forgive us for the sins of the eye. Forgive us for the sins of the tongue. Forgive us for the sins of the body. Forgive us for the sins of the heart. Ya Rabbikareem. You are At-Tawab. You are Al-Ghafur Al-Ghafar. You are Al-Rahman Al-Rahim. Ya Allah, forgive us for our sins. And the distance that came between us and you because of our sin, out of your Rahmah, remove that distance. Say, فَإِنِّي Karib again. Say, وَنَحْنُ أَقْرِبُ إِلَيْهِ again. Ya Allah, we want to be Karib to you. We want to be near you. We want to feel you in our heart. We want to feel you in our Salah. Make us Karib, Ya Allah. Make us from the Muqardaboon. Make us Mukhlasoon. Grant us Ikhlas, Ya Rabbi Karim. Ya Allah, we make from every unlawful feeling from our heart. Ya Allah, we are begging you, take out all the lust from our heart. Take out all the unlawful romance from our heart. Take out every attraction, infatuation from our heart. Ya Allah, take out the love for the world from our heart. Take out love for ourselves from our heart. Take out the envy and jealousy from our heart. Take out the ujub and kibber from our heart. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, fill our heart with love for you. Love for Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Love for Quran. Love for Deen Islam. Love for Sahaba, love for Siddiqeen, Shuhada, Salihin, Oliya, Ulama, love for all Mu'mineen, love for the Ummah. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, raise us on the Day of Judgment in your
your love. Make us in the Al-Mutahab, Boon of Allah. Grant us the shade of your arsh on that day. And there will be no other shade, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you grant us Haya, Ya Allah. Grant all the men the Haya, that of like Sayyidina Yusuf, alayhi salam. Yadu put such a beautiful story for us in Quran. There are so many Zulaykhahs today. Yadu grant us the Haya of Yusuf, alayhi salam. The istikamah to Sayyidina Yusuf, alayhi salam. The sabr and himmah to Sayyidina Yusuf, alayhi salam. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant all the women the Haya Say the Maryam Radiulatan Anha make us Bahaya, Ba Islas, Ba Tukar Yarab Bikrim, Yalahumana Gunakuma Farma, Apne Fazul Karam Say Yarab Bikrim, Humana Anukukubul Farma, Bakna Kukubul Farma, Is Nisbat Kokhal Satan Lilla Bana, Filla Bana, Yarab Bikrim, Hum Egg Dusukuni Jante, Afkinam Perjamahue, Afkishta Ham Hang Nikriahe, Yarab Bikrim Kubul Kurli J, Afkitikar and Nibi Kareem Sasan Nibataya. ऐसे मजालस पर आपकी रहमत आती है आपकी मजालस ऐसे मजालस पर आपकी कबूलियत आती है यारे बिक्रीम हम मोहताज हैं या अल्लाह हम इसी रहमत के मोहताज हैं अपने रहमत का सदका दे दीजिए करम का मामला फरमा दीजिए अपना फसल का मामला फरमा दीजिए यारे बिक्रीम आपने दुनिया की इतनी नेमतें हमें दी हैं हम आखिरत की नेमतों के ज्यादा मोहताज हैं यारे बिक्रीम आज हम वो नेमतों मानने के लिए आए हैं हमें तकवा दे दीजिए हया दे दीजिए इखलास दे दीजिए बादब दे दीजिए अखलाक दे दीजिए बिक्रीम हम आज आपसे आप ही मांगना चाहते हैं हम एक सौदा करना चाहते हैं दिल का सौदा करना चाहते हैं एक टूटा दिल लेकर आए हैं रंग वाला लेकर आए हैं रंग वाला बनाना चाहते हैं अपने सिबतुल्लाह का रंग इनायत कर दीजिए हमें रंग कर दीजिए रंग उतार दीजिए बेहया बाया बना दीजिए बेवफा है बाफा बना दीजिए बे अखलास है बा अखलास बना दीजिए आपके कर्म का मामला होगा आपका फजल का मामला होगा बिक्रीन जब आप नजर ढालते हैं तो लोगों की तकदीर बन जाती है आप फुजेद बनियास पर आपकी नजर आई वो तो डाकों का सरदार था आपकी नजर उन पर पड़ी वो ओलिया का सरदार बन गया यार बिक्रीन वो तो लोगों का माँ पैसे का डाकू करता था हम अपने ईमान के डाकू कर बैठे हैं अपना हया के छोड़े कर बैठे हैं आप वही नजर हमें भी इनायत फरमा दीजिए एक कर्म के मामला होगा आपका फसल का मामला होगा यार बिक्रीम बिशर हाफी दुनिया का नशादार था आपकी नजर उन पर पड़ गई आपने अपने इश्क का नशा उनके दे दिया यार बिक्रीम हम भी नस के नशे में फिर रहे माँ पैसे के नशे में फिर रहे दुनिया के नशे में फिर रहे वही नजर हमें भी इनायत फरमा हमें भी आज इश्क आतिश जला अपने मोहब्बत से नशा फैला यार बिक्रीम हम आपके बनना चाहते हैं नहीं बन सके बना दीजिए अल्लाह आपका कर्म होगा आप तो अजीम जात हैं आप तो अफून करीम जात हैं यार बिक्रीम हम जैसे को अपना बना दीजिए तेरे पास तो अरबों खरबों बंदे हैं यार बिक्रीम तेरे सिवा हमारा कोई और लब नहीं हम मस्जिद में आए हैं रहमत के घर हैं आपको पुकार रहे हैं आप कर्म से मान लीजिए यार बिक्रीम हमने तो प्यारे नबी करीम से आपकी रहमत के बड़े किस्से सुने एक बनीसियों की बदकार औरत है यार बिक्रीम उसने एक प्यासे कुत्तों को पानी पिलाया आपकी रहमत जोश में आई यार बिक्रीम हदीस में ना उनके ईमान का तस्करा ना अमाओ का तस्करा यार बिक्रीम हम भी बेहे मगर हम आपके मानने वाले हैं तो हीर वाले हैं आपकी तरफ संजय करने वाले हैं यार बिक्रीम कर्म कर दीजिए हमें भी माफ कर दीजिए हमें भी बाहया बना दीजिए बाइजत बना दीजिए 
आपका कर्म का फैसला होगा और बिक्रीम क्या के दिन हमेशा मिलना न होना बिक्रीम सम के सामने हिसाब नहीं देना कोई बेटा अपने माँ के सामने शर्मिंदा नहीं होना चाहता बिक्रीम उम बहान के सामने हमारे बेहिहाई को ना खोलना बेवफाई को ना खोलना पर्दा डाल दीजिए आप तो अस्तार वाले साथ है यार बिक्रीम जिस कामन अंदाज से आपने इस दुनिया में हमारे गुनाहों को छुपाया आप तो अलगफार भी है इसी कामन अंदाज से अपनी मकसद नाजुक कर दीजिए हमें माफ कर दीजिए उठने से पहले कुमो मकफुरीन वाला ऐलान कर दीजिए उठने से पहले हमारा यार बिक्रीम मुराद बन दीजिए अरे बिक्रीम तमाम हाजरीन आपको पाने के लिए आए हैं आपको मनवाने के लिए आए हैं आपको मानने के लिए आए हैं उनका हुसन जन था या अल्लाह के यहाँ कोई ऐसी बात उनके सुनने में आएगी कि आप उनको मिल जाएंगे अरे बिक्रीम उनकी उम्मीद के मुताबिक बन जा हुसन जन से बढ़कर मामला फरमा आप अपना बन जा दीजिए हमें भी अपना बना दीजिए इस दिली सौदे को कबूल कर दीजिए अरे बिक्रीम हमें अपने इबादत सालहीन अपने नेक साले में से बना हम सबको अपने सीधा सादा सच्चा सुथरा मुसलमान बना दीजिए सुथराए था कर दीजिए कल बिस्तरीम बना दीजिए नफ्स मुतमिना बना दीजिए हम भी दुनिया इसी अंदाज से रुखसत होना चाहते हैं कि आपके महबूब और मोहब्बत वाला कलाम हमसे मिले इजिक हम भी ऐसे ही जाना चाहते हैं अरे बिक्रीम पहले राजी हो जा फिर मौत नाजू फरमाना पहले हमें कबूल करना फिर मौत नाजू फरमाना अरे बिक्रीम जिसके दिल में जो दिली फरियाद है नेक तमन्ना है सब के नेक मुरादों को पूरा फरमा जो परेशान है परेशानियों को दूर फरमा जो मुश्किल में है यार बिक्री मुश्किल को हल फरमा और हम में से अक्सर जो सिर्फ अपने नस की सुस्ती की वजह से परेशान है इस सुस्ती को दूर फरमा दिल की गफलत को खत्म फरमा दीन में ठोस बना दीन में इस्तेमत अता फरमा दीन में हिम्मत वाला बना हमारे पूरी जिंदगी को दीन के लिए कबूल फरमा यार बिक्रीम तमाम हाजरीन के घर में बरकत अता फरमा वक्त में बरकत अता फरमा सेहत में बरकत अता फरमा रिस्क में बरकत अता फरमा यार बिक्रीम दीन में बरकत अता फरमा इबादात में बरकत अता फरमा हर नमाज की तस्वीर अता फरमा यार बिक्रीम हम कोई नमाज बगैर कुर्ब नहीं पढ़ना चाहते अपना कुर्ब दे दीजिए दिली तस्वीर अता कर दीजिए यार बिक्रीम हमारे दीन को बाबरकत बना दीजिए यानी बिक्रीम तमाम हाजरीन को अपने सालहीन में से बना जाकरीन में से बना मुस्तकिन में से बना मुखलसिन में से बना मुहिबीन में से बना महबूबीन में से बना हम सबको दीन के लिए कबूल फरमा यानी बिक्रीम हमने तो अपने बड़ों से सुनाए कि एक खानदानी गुलाम भी होता है एक नस्ली गुलाम भी होता है यानी बिक्रीम हम भी आपके खानदानी गुलाम बनना चाहते हैं हमारे पूरे खानदान को इस गुलामी के लिए कबूल फरमा हमारे क्या तक तमाम आने वाली नस्ल को इस गुलामी के लिए कबूल फरमा नस की गुलामी से छुड़वा दीजिए दुनिया की गुलामी से छुड़वा दीजिए मखलूक की गुलामी से छुड़वा दीजिए अपने गुलामी का ताज पहना दीजिए अपना बंदा हमें बना दीजिए बिक्रीम अपने रहमत करम फजू से हमारे दुआओं को कबूल फरमा उम्मत मुस्म अपने खसूसी रहमत नाजो फरमा जहाँ भी उम्मत परेशान है परेशानियों को दूर फरमा बिक्रीम हम फितना फसाद के जमाने में है फिस्क फजूर के जमाने में है चारों तरफ बातम है यार बिक्रीम आप अपने हिदायत को झाड़ी सारी फरमा चारों तरफ हिदायत के चश्मे को पैदा फरमा यार बिक्रीम इस मस्जिद को मीनार नूर बना मरकज सुकून बना मरकज इतमान बना कुरान सुन्न शरीर के गहारा बना यार बिक्रीम जिन अकाबर मशाइ ओलिया 
کے باہر علماء کی قدم یا پھریے یعنی بکریم ہمیں ان قدموں کا لاج کرنے نصیب فرما ان کی نسبت کو قبول فرما ان کی برکت کو عطا فرما یعنی بکریم ہمیں ان کی نقش قدم پر چلنے والے بنا یعنی بکریم امت جہاں بھی دین کا کام آپ کی رضا کے مطابق ہو رہا ہے سب کو قبول فرما مساجد کی حفاظت فرما مکاتب قرآنیہ کی حفاظت فرما مدارس اسلامی عربیہ کی حفاظت فرما جن خان کو یا مشائق اللہ نے سکھانے تسکیہ کرنے سب کی کوشش کو قبول فرما کہ بکریم دعوت تبلیغ کی میرے کو قبول فرما اس وقت آئندہ جہاں بھی جماعتیں نکل رہی ہیں یار بکریم ان کو دل میں ایک تاثیر عطا فرما ان کے ذریعے سے ہدایت کو عام تام فرما سب کو اپنے حفاظت عطا فرما یعنی بکریم جہاں بھی حق اور باتوں کا جنگ ہے حق کو غالب فرما باتوں کو مغلوب فرما ہمیں ہمیشہ حق والا بنا اور ہمیں بھی امت کی خدمت کے لیے قبول فرما ہمیں بھی دین کی خدمت کے لیے قبول فرما ربنا تکمل منا انکا انت السمیع العلیم وطوب علینا انکا انت التواب الرحیم وصلی اللہ تعالی علی حبیبه سیدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين